Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Daily Stand-Up. My name is Lee Henson, president and founder of Agile Dad, and without any further ado, let's get started. This week, we've been focusing on an article that was published by InfoQ regarding what makes a great scrum team. And today, I want to talk about the team specifically. We've reviewed the product owner, we've reviewed the scrum master. It's time to pay some homage to the team. So the first thing I feel that makes a great development team, and the article emphasizes, is that they're consistently pursuing excellence, whether it's technical excellence or product excellence or service excellence, that they uh, have established rules around planning, designing, coding if they're coding, testing, refactoring. Uh, Maybe they're using pair programming, peer reviews, continuous integration. They understand the different practices. They've established how they're going to handle unit tests and acceptance tests and what they're going to do in order to help them be effective. These type of teams are the ones who are, in my opinion, the most effective. The ones who are not just satisfied with the status quo and are always looking for new ways to improve. These teams also often apply swarming techniques. So great teams don't wait for work to come in that's their forte. They'll take on just a few items at a time, uh, most often even one at a time, and each item is finished as quickly as possible by having as many people as they can work on it without stepping on toes or having a series of handoffs. They want to make sure that they're effective. If there's ever anything that they're uncertain about, they also utilize spike solutions. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar, a spike is a concise time box activity that's used to discover work uh, needed to accomplish a large task. So sometimes if you're doing discovery work, you should time box some spikes in there to make sure that it happens. The team also, the, the great team also, effectively refines the product backlog. They work with the product owner for a minimum one hour a week, typically I say an hour a week's enough, to make sure they understand what's coming up in a product backlog, they refine estimates, refine acceptance criteria, help things roll through. It's the responsibility of the team to work very close with the product owner and with, uh, and with the organization to make sure they have a good understanding of the work that's coming ahead. Great teams criticize ideas and not people. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be pointing fingers at any one individual, you know, individuals are all of great value. And once we have that established, we should focus on the ideas. And if we hear something that maybe doesn't flow the way that we feel it should, or something that's not going to work, it's important for us to speak up and to have radical candor communication. But it's also important for us not to identify a person as a bad person or that that person always has bad ideas. We should look at the ideas and not the people. Great teams share experiences with each other, outside, at seminars, at conferences. You know, we always talk about writing down lessons learned, making sure to have a good understanding. I think if teams had the ability to publish a book on Agile, it might be the best-selling Agile book ever written. So there's some food for thought. Uh, Great teams also understand the importance of having some slack. Uh, And I'm not talking about slack as in a slack channel. Human beings can't be productive all day long. It's just a fact. They need time to relax chat, you know, do those things that they need to do, the water cooler conversations, right? And those are the things that help them become and maintain uh, being innovative and creative. I think it's important for them to have some fun as well. So we need to make sure we have a good balance of things that they are allowed to do and things that they can pursue that are going to help in times where there's no emergencies to give the team an opportunity to really be proud of where they work and to engage and to just really have fun with each other and enjoy each other's company. You know, I, I, when I was a coach on the ground every single day, I used to always make it a point to make sure every team had a healthy dose of fun every day. Uh, whether it was just fun energy, a fun interaction, something to make the day memorable, 
there was always something that we incorporated. And even if the even if the joke was on me, it still made it something that we enjoyed doing. And I think that it, it really, really resonated with the teams when we did those things. Uh, great teams don't have any scrum meetings. Now, let me explain. I'm not saying no meeting is what I mean by that. But great development teams uh, consider the scrum events as opportunities for conversation. Uh you know, Tobias Mayer said Scrum is centered on people and people have conversations. There are conversations to plan, align, and to reflect. We have these conversations at appropriate times and for appropriate durations in order to inform our work. If we don't have these conversations, we don't know what we're doing and we don't know what we're, where we're going and we'll keep repeating the same mistakes over and over, you know, with emphasis on alignment and reflection. I think, you know, there's nothing more to add there. That's just a great quote. A great team knows their customer. Uh, great teams really, really understand who their target consumer are. They, they understand the personas. Uh, they're in direct contact with them consistently if possible. And they truly understand the wants, needs, whims, and desires, and therefore able to make the right technical decisions regarding the product going forward. In addition, teams can explain the business value of non-functional requirements. Uh, great teams understand the importance of having non-functional requirements like performance, security, scalability. They can explain uh, to the product owner, to the customer, or anyone around what the value is for that part of the product backlog. And in this case, great teams also make it an effort to trust each other. Uh, it's captain obvious, right? But without trust, it's impossible for a team to really get to greatness. Great teams always make retrospectives fun. While retrospectives can be sticky sometimes because we have things to talk about that are less than desirable, great development teams think of retrospective formats that they enjoy. Uh, they support the Scrum Master with creative, fun, and useful formats that offer, and even offer at times to facilitate the sessions themselves to give the Scrum Master a break. I think this is really, really cool because if you can get the team to own the retro, that's a symbol that the team is you know, on their way to high-performing. Speaking of high-performing, uh, great scrum teams deliver features during a sprint, not after. Uh, they don't need, you know, it, they're delivering so continuously that it comes to the point where sprints are kind of not necessarily needed anymore. They're more used as markers or milestones. Uh, feedback's gathered and processed whenever an item term is done, and they create a flow so that they can get to the point of continuous delivery. Great scrum teams never need a sprint zero. There's no such thing, right? Uh, they shouldn't need anything before the real sprint start. They're able to deliver value right out of the gate in the first sprint because they understand the work and they properly vetted the backlog. Great teams also act truly cross-functional. Even if they don't have every single cross-functional component, they don't talk about different roles within a team. They're focused on delivering a reliable, releasable product every single sprint as a team. Everyone's doing whatever's necessary in order to achieve the sprint goal, and they're seeking outside help when necessary to shore up with confidence that they're delivering things of great value. Great scrum teams update the scrum board or tools themselves. They don't rely on a scrum master as a secretary to update things. They get in there every single day and make the updates so that we can have good visual representation of leadership and stakeholders of where we are and what we're doing. Great scrum teams spend time on innovation. They know it's important to keep up with rapidly changing environments and technology, and they love to do the things that are fun and exciting anyway. So I think it's a great idea for them to spend time on innovation and seek out opportunities to innovate often. Great scrum teams don't need a true definition of done. Whoa, did I just say that? You know, definition of done is important, but I think sometimes it's overbaked. 
teams that are great deeply understand what done means for them. For the team members, writing down a definition of done isn't necessary anymore. They know the only reason to use it is to make the done stay transparent for their stakeholders. So they do it, but it's not for them. It's for the stakeholders to see what they consider their definition of done. So it's not that they don't need a definition of done written or that they shouldn't build one. It's that the definition of done is understood so well by them that they don't need it anymore. It's for others. Great teams know how to give feedback. They've learned how to give each other feedback in an honest and respectful way. Uh, they understand and can provide clear, actionable feedback. They give feedback whenever it's necessary and don't postpone feedback until the retrospective. They want to make sure they're talking to each other and have open and honest communication. Great scrum teams manage their composition, their team composition. You know, if someone's leaving the team or someone's being added or we're doing transfers, they collaborate with other teams to discuss opportunities of hiring people with specific skills or finding the right person who's a good cultural fit. You know, they need to have ownership of that practice, just the same as they would if they were practicing collective ownership of everything else, right? Uh, they could rotate people across different modules of the application and systems to encourage collective ownership of everything. There's no more, oh, uh, Johnny does that, or Mark does that, or Susie does that, or Swap Mill does that, or Atesh does that. It's collectively owned by the team as a group. Uh, great teams fix dependencies with other teams. They don't allow these dependencies to just exist. They manage them themselves. They hold scrum of scrums meetings. They meet oft, and they talk about the things that could be spanning across multiple teams so that they can maximize their effectiveness and minimize their dependency on managing dependencies. Go figure. That's kind of crazy. Uh, almost inception, right? Uh, and I love this last one, and, and I think you'll get it when we get there. Great scrum teams don't need story points. Great teams don't just focus on how many points it is anymore. They refine the backlog so well that the size of the items really doesn't, it doesn't vary much. They're all small in size. And they know how many items they can realize each sprint. And they can just count them out and count the number of stories and say, hey, we're going to get three stories done every sprint or five stories done every sprint. They've mastered breaking them down into the smallest element. And they understand how lean concepts work. And they start measuring uh, throughput and cycle time. And they, they've got cycle time nailed. So they start measuring throughput and variance, making sure they're building high-quality things. Now, this isn't to say that story points aren't important to get established. But these are keys to let you know when your team has become great, when they've become high-performing, when they've made the turn, and when they've really you know crossed the finish line and it can really make a difference that impacts the organization. You know, this isn't always easy to get to, but I encourage you to keep on fighting, keep on moving forward. And, you know, as you press ahead, you'll discover ways that you can help your team become high performing. I hope this information has been useful. We've got lots of information, lots of white papers and videos on high performing teams. So we encourage you to visit AgileDad.com to great, get some more great information there. We've got lots of videos. And, of course, we encourage you to tell everyone, you know, to subscribe to our podcast. We have a lot of great episodes to come. Until next time, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Do take care.